Welcome to the Triskelion, the Purica Since podcast, we where it's all about ones, nature, like, and I science, mean really you. little ones. The healing power of music, the soothing power of music has been there for all of us. Whether it's as simple as a lullaby or the bedtime stories and the bedtime songs and singing. I mean, I can tell you, uh, my dad, from some of my earliest memories, him singing in German to me, getting me calm, off to sleep and ready to fight another day. Someone who's advocated the universal healing powers of music is our guest on this episode of the Triskelion, the Purica podcast. And he's none other than my former yoga teacher, Christopher Brandt. Chris, listen, it's so good that I don't have to, uh, you know, have you put me into a very complicated um, uh, uh, crab posture or any any of those uh, uh, today, uh, even, you know, uh, uh I mean, I'm trying to think of the ones, the, the, the backward reverse bridge. The bottom line is we're talking on the Triskelion. We're talking about music. We're talking about natural health and, and all those applications. And I want to talk a little bit more about, about, our, about our yoga, but just on the subject at hand, you've done so much work in the field, first with Music Heals and then with a couple of other projects. What first you know, attracted you to it? What made you say, hey, this is something, I'm a busy guy, but this is something that I really want to see get bigger? Thanks for having me on, Tom. Uh, music, I don't remember every time that there wasn't music. And I, I have a vivid memory as a little kid realizing that music was everywhere, that it was in elevators, that it was in TV commercials. Um, and I knew really early on that I wanted to do something in music. And I didn't know what it was. And you know, I, I call myself a failed musician. I, I kind of did every job in the music biz except for be in the band. Um, but it's, I, I just always knew that, that music was ubiquitous and that I had to do something in it. And it wasn't until many years later, you know, meeting people in the industry and getting pushed into certain directions and, and really just saying yes to opportunities and, and kind of flowing from there. Um, but yeah, I just, I always knew I want to do something in music and, and, as I started to learn about the therapeutic side of, of music, uh, you know, became a champion of it very early on and, and, and then became an ally and an advocate and, and really a fundraiser for it for a number of years. Um, and it's the anecdotal stuff. The, the research is really full and, and interesting, but the anecdotal stories about the healing powers of music are, are fascinating to me. And, and those were really my emotional paycheck getting the feedback from music therapists who maybe I helped fund their program or I helped get them, you know, some media attention and, uh, and hearing the stories of, of just the power of it. You know, you mentioned, you know, your, your dad singing you to sleep at night. Um, the power of music, there's studies that show when people are uh, enduring really painful procedures where they have morphine, people that are in charge of their own morphine button, when they're, using, when they're working with a music therapist, will hit the button less. So the, the, the natural lifestyle that we're all advocating now, music therapy as a, as a clinical practice actually reduces the amount of medication that people take. 
We're talking to Chris Brandt. We're talking about the healing powers of music, especially in the context of natural health. Uh, you know, Chris, it, 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 it's so interesting. You talk about uh, just the research being so full, but the anecdotal stories being maybe even more aspirational, even more inspirational. Uh, what, what other anecdotal stories come to mind that just you know, blew you way back in the day and continue to sort of uh, occupy your mindset, mindset as to how valuable music therapy can be? Oh, there's so many. I mean, when just the power of music to, to give voice to emotions and, and, and sometimes allowing us to articulate things that we can't do otherwise, 60% of kids in children's hospitals in Canada are age three or younger. So they don't have language anyways. So often, at that age, often music becomes the language for them. Um, there was a, a guy that we worked with in a program that was 50 years old that had Down syndrome. So functionally, he was, you know, sort of almost a teenager, and his dad died. And for him, his music therapy was just beating the hell out of a drum set just to get his emotions out. Uh, there's burn unit stories, a, a guy that was doing music therapy and, you know, was in a bad accident, horribly disfigured. And as much as the music therapy helped him to heal, one of the most magical pieces of it was his mom joined him in a music therapy session. And it was the first time his mom touched him since he was burned was when wow. they held hands during his music therapy session. Wow. There's dozens of stories like this that are just, you know, there's one guy in a burn unit that, um, has to do this procedure, people severely burned have to do what's called a burn bath, where they change the bandages. And I've been in the room when it's empty, and it's terrifying as it is. And this one guy at, at VGH had to go through a burn bath. It took three hours every three days. Music therapist was brought in. They were able to get that three hours down to 30 minutes. And as painful as this process was for this guy, he would just keep saying, just keep playing. That's all he would say. I met the band Metric. One of the things that we used to do with Music Heals was we would interview bands and just ask them about the power of music. Have you ever seen Music Heal? I don't, it doesn't matter if you understand what music therapy is. And, and I remember meeting Emily Haynes from Metric, and she said that their album Monster Hospital, they met a kid one time, and this girl was allergic to anesthetic. And I don't remember what conditions she had, but it required multiple surgeries, and she couldn't be under while having surgery. She's awake for her surgeries. And she would listen to Metrics Monster Hospital while wow. she was awake during surgery. And I, just, I remember Emily Haynes just kind of pausing and telling the story and, and just like, how do, you, how do you deny the power of music and, and the overwhelming nature of her as a musician that her music was able to, to help someone through that? Um, again, I, just, I love the term emotional paycheck, and, and that was certainly something that, that Emily Haynes conveyed sharing that story. We're talking to Chris Brandt, uh, formerly the executive director and co-founder of Music Heals. Uh, music is awesome, or, you know, all kinds of... Uh, the Awesome related, Music Project. The Awesome Music Project. Thank you for that. And yeah. currently and I teaching... Wasn't a, I wasn't a founder of Awesome Music Project. I was helping them uh, get off the ground. So, But they're an incredible organization doing work out of uh, Ontario and, and moving their way national. And, 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 and to this day, teaching music business at the British Columbia Institute of Technology at BCIT. So, I mean, obviously, whether it's, you know, your, your former philanthropic and, and fundraising and executive director efforts to supporting these other projects to now teaching music business, uh, it, it's obviously in your DNA. Uh, is there a coincidence that you've also devoted a big part of your life to being a yoga teacher? 
No, it, it was and really a dad, a, as we can and, hear, and as a dad. <laughs> <laughs> in the background. I have three-year-old twins, and uh, yeah, music helps to soothe them as well. Yeah. Um, and well, probably I, soothe you and your and, and your wife uh, as mommy and daddy whenever you need it, right? Very much so. Yes, depending on the mood. Um, yeah, I mean, as someone who used to come to my music or to my, my yoga classes, um, you know that I didn't play. Uh, instrumental music. I didn't play, you know, Krishna Das and Jai Utal and, 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 you know, traditional Indian music. I would play, you know, Otis Redding and Ray LaMontagne and, and Al Green and Marvin Gaye and, and music like that in my classes, because to me, the, the, the yoga, the yoga is not the pose. The yoga is what goes on in your mind while you're in the pose. If, if your goal in going to yoga is to attain, you know, on the high scale, enlightenment, you know, on a modest scale, some sort of peace and calm, the, the pose is a can opener as far as I'm concerned. And so if the music can further add to that and create emotions, and I, I had students who would tell me that, oh, God, you played that Sade song in class, and that was my, you know, my wedding song for my husband and I, and we got divorced, and, you know, it took me hearing that song in class a few times over a few months um, to really process and let go of all the pain associated with that. Um, and so to me, it was having yoga and music run together. It just, it was an automatic and it just obvious to me. Uh, when, when it comes to natural health and, and sort of, I mean, obviously pharmaceuticals play a role out there. We completely understand that the power of conventional medicine, uh, how open have you become over the years, uh, in, in, in terms of, you know, natural health, big picture, uh, natural supplements, uh, trying that path along with exercise and yoga and, and music therapies and whatever specific, specific modality might help. Very much so. I, we just watched the documentary last night, um, the one on mushrooms, and I'm blanking on the name of it, but we just watched it last night, and it was fascinating. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm a big believer in all that kind of stuff. Um, it's, uh, you know, there's 10,000 years of, of history of people dealing with things from the forest to help, you know, people with all kinds of ailments. Um, and to focus really only on the science of the last hundred years, not to discount science. I'm not doing that. Um, but there's other, there's other pathways too. And I really respect medical doctors who say, you know what, you, you might want to try some other things. And, you know, my wife and I, we had trouble uh, getting pregnant and things like acupuncture and, and Reiki and all of these things, you know, your nervous system is just as important as anything else. And, and I've had my own health issues and I've had cancer twice um, and I've, you know, my, my doctor saying to me, like, the thing that's going to kill you first is your head. Um, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta get low go of the stress. And so any of these other, these natural things that even just help you get in the right mindset, that's what helps the body heal, in my opinion. We're talking to Chris Brandt, who spent a big chunk of his life advocating and championing the healing powers of music. Uh, obviously, a pretty solid business guy on a number of fronts, marketing guy on a number of fronts, and now also still involved in music by teaching uh, the business of music at BCIT. He's our guest on this episode of the Triskillian, the Purica podcast. Uh, you know, it, it, it's interesting because from a Purica point of view, it's always about, you know, the positive lifestyles and 
and and you know obviously natural supplements, a whole food products, a big part of that. But the natural lifestyle is 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 really what's important. It's becoming more and more mainstream. Do you find the same with you know even a muse, an alternative therapy like music therapy, uh, in terms of the way you would maybe talk to people about it when you were first you know founding Music Heals and 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 in the early days of the uh, uh, in the early days of the therapy compared to now do you f- find that it's so much more accepted now well i think the stories have gotten out and i think when you deal with something as simple as uh there was a, a woman who had had a stroke and she was in her 70s locally in, in vancouver and the place in her brain that the stroke hit took away her ability to speak and was working with different therapists of different modalities and nothing was working and then a music therapist friend of mine came in and began working with this lady and the music therapist said, well, you're, you're in your 70s. You probably grew up with the Beatles, just, a, you know, a best guess. Let's try Let It Be. Simple, repetitive chorus. By the third line, the woman was singing. Couldn't talk. No other therapist was able to help her. No medication was helping her. Singing Let It Be helped the woman to sing, helped her to communicate again, helped her to find a voice. And I think, I think this is why when, when celebrity musicians that we are huge fans of pass away, why we're so rocked by it personally is is we're attracted to musicians who articulate things that, that they can say it better than we ever could. And when their voice is silenced, I, I truly believe that sort of the underlying psychology of our attachment is that part of our voice is silenced too, um, that this person isn't saying those things that we wish that we could say. You know, just in the same way, you know, I'm listening to you uh, describe that and I'm thinking about medicinal mushrooms and how there's such a wide range of them, um, just like there's such a wide range of musical styles and genres, and you either blend them all together or you go specific uh, on the medicinal mushroom side of things for for specific um, uh, conditions and, 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 you know, specific situations that people find themselves in. Is it? Is it that simple to say that there's so many different kinds of music that some forms of music are better than others, um, depending on what the condition is, what what the what the support is that's required? And I'm not a music therapist, so I want to make that clear. I, I just consider myself the head of their fan club. The the key to the effectiveness of music is it's got to be music that means something to the person. Right. So so people in their 90s frequently we'll have music therapy using songs that are church songs that are, you know, a religious connotation. If you think about people that are in their nineties, you know, when they were kids, the, the, the practice of going to church was a little bit wider of a practice than it is with someone who's 12 years old today. Um, and so it's, the music has to mean something to the person. So it's, it's less about the style of music and more about the music therapist hitting on that perfect um, that, that perfect music person likes. So that's where it's important to work with the families. There's a great video on YouTube. It's been around for about 10 years now. Um, and it's this, this cute little old guy in an old folks home and he's non-responsive and he's sitting in his wheelchair and he's kind of slumped forward. And uh, not even a music therapist, just like a well-meaning care worker in the home, put on uh, headphones for the guy and put some music that his, his kids had said, this is my dad's favorite artist, and uh, he, he lit up. He came alive. Um, the, the video is called Alive Inside. And it's not an example of music therapy, but it's an example of the power of music. And if you can hit on 
you know, something that, that means something to you. In his case, it, it reminded him of the music that he, you know, back in the day when he was courting his wife 50 years before, 60 years before, um, just made him light up. You're in the natural health zone with the Triskillian, the Purica podcast. We're talking to Chris Brandt on this episode of the Triskillian, the Purica podcast. Uh, you know, Chris, uh, digging down on a more personal uh, side of things, you know, you talk about uh, uh, some of the alternative therapies that you and your wife have used, that you've used uh, with with successful outcomes, very successful results. And of course, that's all uh, great. And, and those stories need to get out there as well. When it comes to something as specific as music that helps you be the best Chris brand that you can be what are, what are some of your go-to and maybe not necessarily specific songs but maybe bands maybe even genres uh, uh, is that an easy question for you to answer in terms of what really works for you no it that's not an easy answer um <laughs> i still use i still use itunes but most people are on streaming and, and just because it's got my library of music and and i may have to hit skip multiple times through a shuffle um, for me, it might be an era. It might be music from my university days that that's what I need uh, to empower me to do certain things. Um, that's actually the connection point to the Awesome Music Project, though, was they put out the Awesome Music Project Canada, which is a book, and it's 111 stories of people sharing about the power of music. And it's Sarah McLaughlin, it's Rick Mercer, or it's, it's uh, um, Chris Hadfield, and a bunch of non-famous people like myself. Um, and the, the song that I gave them for that was one from Bob Mould um, called Moving Trucks. And it was a song that got me through a breakup. And, and it wasn't so much the, the magnitude of that breakup, but it was just that that song eventually became a running song for me because it was a song that was empowering to get through something. You know what? I'm through that now, but I got to get to the next kilometer. So it's going to be a song that powers me through this now. Um, and so I think there's errors of music for us that, that hold the greatest weight. Uh, you there's know, people, there's, there's studies with dementia that as people are forgetting the names of their kids, they can still remember the lyrics from songs from when they were 12 years old. You know, it's interesting. You talk about, you know, uh, the blast from the past of your, you know, your university uh, years, your even for some people, the high school years. So sort of, you know, just early, like late teenager, early adult. This seems to be a really important jumping off uh, point. And we all know that so many songs, we can hear them in 2021 and 2022, uh, but they take us back to uh, 1999, uh, uh like like Prince used to, you know, back in the day. Absolutely, yeah. A, a certain song can take you back to your first kiss or to a grandparent's funeral or to that trip you were backpacking through Europe or, or whatever. Um, there's time travel involved in music. And, and there's different parts of the brain. There's the speech center and language and, and different stuff. There's no music center of the brain. Music is everywhere in the brain. And this is why when people are have any kind of head trauma, whether it's concussion or stroke or, or dementia or slow degradation, music can be used to rewire the brain because music is everywhere and it's attached to all these different points. And that's the fascinating side of, of how the power of music can be used just by sitting down with someone and figuring out what music's important to you and pull that out. Chris, I know you. You know you clarified that you're you're not a music therapist. You're the president of the fan club of music therapists because of the great work that they do. But just from a macro, from a layperson level, 
how does music therapy work and uh, uh, what are some of the conditions that it, it is most used for to help, whether it's kids at risk or, or others, through certain times? Well, there's the, the power of music is something that any of us can experience. But if, if, Tom, you and I took a guitar into a hospital, it might be therapeutic, it's not music therapy. Music therapy is defined by two things. One is it's done by an accredited music therapist, which is a university degree. Uh, and in Vancouver, we have Cap University, which is the leading music therapy program in Western Canada. Uh, and two, music therapy is the use of music and musical elements to, to strive for non-music goals. So it's not about teaching someone to play guitar. Um, there was a program that we funded where a young boy had lost his dad. They used to play guitar together. And he stopped playing guitar after his dad passed away. And the music therapist worked with him and he'd lost all self-esteem. And, and you know, they called it guitar lessons because we didn't want the kid to just think he was going to therapy. But it became a connection point with his dad. It became it, it made him cool again. It gave mm. him self-confidence. And so the, the music for non-music goals at Children's Hospitals, at, the, at BC Children's Hospital in Vancouver, um, great story of just, you know, a kid that was working on range of movement. I can't remember what was wrong with his arms, but um, he just, he didn't have hand-eye coordination and wasn't able to lift his arm sort of more than a couple inches. Physio wasn't doing anything occupational. No one was having success. And the music therapist put the kid in front of a drum set. And it's like, well, if you want to hit the cymbals, you got to reach up. And uh, it was a different motivational piece for this kid. And, and he eventually got full range of movement back in his arms. Wow. Wow. And you mentioned there's just dozens, if not hundreds of stories just like that. Yeah, it, it's endless. And that, again, that for me was the emotional paycheck. And, and it was nice to fund programs for me to be able to sit down with music therapists and, and get the stories of, yeah, this is what the funding was able to do. And there is no government funding for music therapy. Um, you know, you can you can go to your doctor and they can recommend, you know, physiotherapy sessions and things like that. But you, you can't write you know, music therapy off, um, which is unfortunate. Where do we go from here? In the last two minutes that we've got together, Chris, uh, where where do you see the field going? Uh, where do you see uh, priorities for organizations like, you know, Music Heals that you were a big part of launching and, and, and the Music is Awesome project and, and even, you know, the other work that you've done where does the sec- where does this area of specialization go, and what does it need most to grow? I think it's two things in terms of where it's going to go. What it needs is it needs doctors to recommend music therapy sessions the same way they recommend physiotherapy sessions. Um, you know, someone who is, has a car accident in you know a northern uh, part of the country comes down to a major center, gets treatment. Um, but doesn't get ongoing treatment for music therapy. And to have it prescribed, um, I think, would be a game changer for people. And where do we go as a public is, is learning more. You know, the Canadian Association of Music Therapists is musictherapy.ca. Um, there's amazing work that the Awesome Music Project is doing. Sarah McLaughlin School of Music in Vancouver, I think, is doing wonderful things, as is the St. James Music Academy with, with kids in the Lower East Side. Um, and I even like the National Music Center out of Calgary, and, and they're trying to be supportive of these kind of initiatives and, and frankly, just amplify them um, so that we know that there are options and they're there. I've got a, a friend of the family that had a stroke um, a couple months ago, 45 years old, and, 
and and because of the knowledge of music therapy, we're able to get him into a program, um, and he's seen tremendous progress um, for something that a few years ago we didn't know it existed. Chris, thank you so much. I mean, not only for spending time with us on this episode of the Suskili and the Pirica podcast, but for everything you've done uh, as as a great yoga teacher, um, as a you know big community leader, uh, as a co-founder of of of, of the music of Music Heals uh, back in the day. Uh, thanks for everything that you've done, and and thanks for being with us here today. We'll have to reconvene again. Uh, maybe uh, uh, talk about uh, your take on on uh, some of the postures. I really need to take it to the next to take it to the next level. <laughs> well, it's great talking to you, Tom. I, I really appreciate you reaching out. Okay, all the best. You've been listening to Chris Brandt on this episode of the Triskillian, the Purica Podcast. You've been listening to the Triskillian, the Purica Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at Purica Wellness and sign up for our e-newsletter at purica.com.